Uh, Yahweh, thank you again for a new day. You have walked this day. You have been in this day. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity to share from your treasury to be in your word. For they who would have an ear to listen, hear, share in your knowledge, understand. For those that have not to hear and have the conviction in their heart to turn to Jesus Christ, anointed and appointed, and he came and sacrificed for us. So whoever decides and chooses to walk with him, have faith in you, and have the Holy Spirit guide their steps, Father, that they would have an opportunity to be saved. That these words and the seeds that I share, but you are true salvation. Abba Yahweh Aman, Yeshua Aman, Baraklitos Aman. Praiseworthy, all three. So I'm going to revisit some things. And um, redundancy is, um, if you don't keep it monotonous and you're able to um, upgrade or upbeat a little bit, redundancy can be a good thing. And things like uh, the Word of God and things that are said bear repeating. And being that some folks are very stubborn and they're... They just need a little, little more attention, and and repeating's okay. Like I said, as long as it doesn't get redundant, monotonous, and, and all that. So I try to twist it up a little bit. But what was really great is that, um, you know, I've shared with you uh, in confirmation and and things, and and just affirmed in my mind, my mindset, and and. Confirming and affirming are similar, but not a little bit different. But it was really great because, <clears throat> pardon me, yesterday at church, and I shared with you already what took place last week and and that the Holy Spirit was with both myself and, and the pastor and um, that had me in a particular place for a particular reason at a particular time. It doesn't make any difference what we have planned or what we have uh, assigned in our minds. It's uh, God's timing and his will be done. And um, last week I had a situation that was going on. It was not a really pleasant thing, but it disturbed greatly um, my pastor, whom I love, at my home church. And uh, the Holy Spirit was guiding everything. I was a little, uh, getting a little obnoxious, even with myself. Uh, running late, things were going not according to my plans. Arrived late, stood in the back. I usually have a particular seating, but I, the timing that I arrived, it just was not allowed. So I stood up in the back. And, and then later, and I don't normally do this, I was getting ready to go, but I was sitting in a seat out in the foyer area, and I was sipping on my coffee and, and chatting a little bit. And I don't normally stay as long as I did, but I kept getting this repeated voice in my ear and the voice said, abide with me. And I stayed. And then I was 
trying to get up and decide I was going to take off and I was going to get back because I have I have animals I take care of and get out and undo what I needed to do. And the voice said again, abide with me. So I waited. And then the pastor came out and I could feel and sense. I looked at him and he had this angst. And then the voice said, now. So I stood up and I walked right to him and he started pouring out his is unease and um, I believe I shared with you, I'm not certain I did, um, but there was an individual that had asked for some things and it was not great. And the Holy Spirit giving me the discernment to this situation, uh, I just told him, I said, I'll take care of it. And he hadn't even asked me yet. And, and um, he said, well, you know, if you have time, you can do this or do that. And I said, I'll take care of it, you go home. His wife had already gotten a ride to go home, so he was hanging out a little bit to take care of that, and I, I sent him on his way. The interesting thing of it is, and this is what the Holy Spirit, this is why you must lean in and listen. You must lean in and listen with spiritual hearing. Hear the Holy Spirit, because God will speak, Jesus will speak, the Holy Spirit will speak. One way or another, they will tell you things. You got to lean in and you have to listen and be willing to hear. So as soon as I, I mean, as I shared with the pastor yesterday, it was very interesting because I could actually sense sulfur and basalt. For those that you don't know that uh, basalt is a volcanic stone. It comes down from the magma, the molten. and uh, So anyway, I could smell that when it's fresh baked it. It has a certain odor to it. After it hardens and things, people use it for building and stuff. It's kind of a... Anyway. But I could smell it. I was very definitive as if I was standing there. And as soon as I put my hand in this man's hand to shake his hand, I knew that he was... I could sense the demons. But the Holy Spirit was with me. And I got him away from our church and took him down. And immediately, just as it was, as the pastor shared, his story started changing and doing all these things. And it didn't make sense to me because he was wanting to do and go one place, but he was telling me that to go a different place. And I wasn't going to go there because it was going completely the opposite, very out and remote and very low, which is what he was attempting to do with the pastor. And I told him, I said, well, here's the thing. If you want to go there, then I'll take you exactly where you need to be because going out where you're telling me to go is completely the opposite of what you need or what you're saying you need. And it's not going to help you at all. So I'm going to take you to a particular place. I was very firm. I wasn't aggressive about anything I was saying, but I was not going to comply with his directions or what he wanted was not going to do it. And the Holy Spirit was, as I said, the Holy Spirit was with me, protective and was shielding, but also I was very firm. And then I started sharing the word and I could tell that he was getting antsy. And in my periphery, I could see his fidgeting around with all sorts of paperwork. This guy had a whole stack of stuff that wasn't receipts from all sorts of things. And I could tell what it was. I, I'm an old guy and, you know, I'm 
my hearing's getting worse. My vision isn't probably what it should be, but I have pretty good periphery vision and just kind of paying attention as we're going down the roadway of what this fellow is doing. And then he started trying to pull stuff out and show it to me as I'm trying to pay attention to my driving and hold it up. And we got to stoplight and we were almost where I was taking him. And he showed me, well, you know, if you can this and that, and I, I need to do this. But nothing matched according to what he was sharing when we left, you know. And as we were coming down, he says, well, you know, if you could pray, this would be really great. We could do this. So individuals will tend to pray on church groups, what they perceive is to be a member of a church group or church. what they do is they utilize guilt and they utilize, uh, you know, the sense in the word. And this is what I shared last week when this first happened. Do not allow that to be the motivation for doing something. Yes, the word says that we're to take care of one another, but when they're using uh, deception, lies, deceit, and they're doing it for their own personal gain and not for a real need, but they're just stealing. You don't have to pray into that. You do not have to lean into that, and you do not have to provide for that. The Bible doesn't say that we do that. We just give every person willy-nilly money that come and ask for it. You have to listen to the Holy Spirit and utilize the Holy Spirit to guide. Understand this. Yes, we are to take care of one another, but the Bible does not say that you pray into thieves and you give in to them when they come to steal and rob from you. That you don't have to do. And nowhere in the Bible does it affirm, confirm, or tell us that we must do that. It does not say that. This individual was trying to steal from First of all, he attempted to steal from the pastor. Then he was trying to get me to pray. And I just told him, I said, look, here's how this works. I don't have it to share with you at this time. I don't have it. And then he kept going and he'd go a different route. I said, you're not listening to what I told you. I don't have it to share with you right now, which I did not. I'm on a rather fixed income, to be perfectly honest with you now, Um uh, outright and bold, and my income allows me certain things. God provides my needs. I've shared that with you before. God provides those needs. And he sometimes even gives me extra so that I can get some wants, which is really cool because my God loves me. But then he completely forgot about the prayer request. And when I said, well, do you still, I didn't even get that done. He fled. He fled as fast as he could flee away from it and he didn't even go the direction he needed to go so I paid attention to what was going on so he wasn't trying to go anywhere what he was putting out there was complete fabrication deceit and lies for a personal monetary gain anything that he could get and there are those individuals and they will even come to a church on Sunday some are even targeting the building itself and basically doing a case out. They're casing it out. They're checking it out. They're looking to see <coughs> what they can get and how they can get it. And there are some churches that leave uh, that leave drop boxes out in, in the foyer area or in the sanctuary area, you know, for offering, you know, so that there are not individuals walking around with the, with the plates and all the things like they used to do or the buckets, you know, for putting your... Um, tithes, offerings, and donations, and they don't do that anymore because of all this silliness that's going on. Um, so now they have 
drop boxes set up. So there are individuals, unfortunately, and it's a sad thing, but they target churches. They target those individuals that are claiming Christianity and they try to utilize guilt to get them to give and and, uh, do all these things. Don't fall prey to that, okay? You do not have to. And as I shared, there is nowhere in the Bible that says that you must do that. Use the Holy Spirit, lean in. This is why the word of God tells us to lean in and do not lean on your understanding as you interpret, as you decide that, oh, the Bible says I'm supposed to do this, so I have to give everything that I have to these deceitful, lying individuals that are not really needing any comfort or help. They're just looking to make monetary gain for themselves. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that you must do that. Nowhere. So understand this. And yeah, I'm speaking a little firmly. Got a problem with that, then simply put out the delete or change the channel. Brothers and sisters, I'm speaking truth. I've shared this with you from the beginning. Try my spirit because the Holy Spirit will tell you that I speak truth. I'm not doing this to elevate myself into a higher position, to put myself anywhere above. I speak the truth. I am about my father's business. And this comes from his word, his truth, his knowledge, and his wisdom, not mine. He allows me to look up definitions and things like that to share so that I can help with you. Just like I shared with you um, in the similarity between confirmation and affirming. Okay, there's a little bit of a difference. or similar, but a little bit different. Confirmation is a corroborative statement. Or a piece of evidence. And that happens. And I love confirmation because these other pastors and these other elders and and when they share their word and their teaching to me and with me that it's a confirmation that what we're doing and what we're reading is the right thing. It is the correct thing. And it is the word of God. And it's more evidence that shows that, that we are being like-minded. It's not a, oh, yeah, Raven's right. He's right. Yeah, look what he's doing. He, it isn't about that. So don't twist it around into that because there are know that there are individuals out there that are just saying, oh, he's just looking to be patted on the back and that he's got this and that God is telling him that he's It's got nothing to do with that. It is a road sign, just like I've shared that with you. Going down the highway, you have a road sign that tells you that you're going the right direction. Here's the exit that you're going to follow. Or the mile markers on the side of the highway, those number posts that tell you that you're going the right way. And if you see that the numbers are changing or nothing, maybe you get an exit, you get gas, you got on, you got on the wrong side of the highway. If you see that those numbers are diminishing, which they do when you go west on the freeway, or you go south on the freeway, the numbers diminish. So if you notice these things and you're aware of these road signs and that they're put out there, you'll know you're going the right direction or the wrong direction. God puts the same thing on our pathway. He gives you confirmation to tell you that you're going the right direction. And if you're not, he also puts those up there. And you have to have faith that whatever the bend, whatever is the detour, that is actually the road. You have to have faith in that. You have to listen, lean in and hear the word of God because he does speak, he does share through the Holy Spirit and many other different ways. The affirmation, which is similar but yet different, is stating or asserting positively to maintain as the truth. 
And this happens, affirmation of the word of God. I love it that it's maintaining as truth. And I will do that every single time about everything I share. It is the truth and knowledge and wisdom of God. This isn't about Raven, not about me. And when I testify things that I'm involved in, it is a testimony of the Holy Spirit's strength, his leading and his word in my life, not about boy Raven. It's got nothing to do with patting me on the back. So don't get into that. Don't twist that because that's not what it's about. This is about God's work, the Holy Spirit and his leading and his strength. And he will speak to you if you listen. Affirmation of the word to confirm and ratify that we're being like-minded. That's what this is about, like-minded, because through the scriptures, through the word of God, it talks about being like-minded. Expressing agreement or commitment to. My agreement, my love for the word of God, my commitment to Father's business. Just like Jesus told him, I must be about my father's business. When his mother and father were looking for him, he was, he was, they couldn't find him for a couple days, several days actually. And this is when he was a child. Where did they find him? Somebody had brought him from the temple. He was teaching. And when his mother questioned, he said, I must be about my father's business. Now he was getting old enough and he was speaking about his heavenly father. And they were upset because they were thinking earthly father. But he was teaching. And those in the synagogue were astounded by the authority of which this child was speaking. And as he matured and he grew, spoke with even more authority. And they didn't get that his authority came straight from heaven. It's just like these individuals. And I share with you, brothers and sisters. And for those of you that have not yet accepted Jesus Christ, which this is about the opportunity to give you that choice to do so. And I would pray that these seeds that I'm planting would put that thought process. You go back to the word, seek the truth and his knowledge, and you see that this is the right thing. It is a powerful thing. So being about my father's business, the truth, my commitment to do that thing. And that my authority comes from, and I've shared this with you before, you can say it with me, HSU, Heaven Sent University. I don't need some kind of a theological doctorate on a document from some earthly university or college or seminary signed by a man or a woman to say that, oh, because they're the chancellor at this particular earthly school, that they're giving me authority to speak from the Bible and teach that and share that. Now, they're giving me the authority. And then they have their co-chair or whatever they call them up there, their co-president or vice president or CEO. I don't even know what they call them. But here's the thing. I don't need that. Because my affirmation and my validation and my confirmation comes from HSU, Heaven Sent University. God allows me to do this because he knows that I'm going to be about his business. And the Holy Spirit guides me and shows me the word, shares the word with me, And also, encourage me. And recognizes that what I'm doing is his business. 
So my theological doctrine comes from, in my perception, a higher authority, the only authority that is there. And these other individuals are mm, given permission to share that because they're trying to do the right thing and teach individuals to get out there and be in the word and share the word and be about our father's business. I don't need that piece of paper. I think I shared with you that one guy that came on and this guy was way, 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 way out there from something, but he had all these bangles and dangles on to try to to show everybody that he was something. And then when he started getting argumentative and really assaultive and kind of confrontational, I just told him, I said, here's how this is going to work. And I was very firm, wasn't mean to him, but I was very firm in letting him know that he was not going to come in and bring that activity in. And then, uh, you know, he started to declare all this, well, I'm a pastor and I'm this and I'm that. I said, if you were that, I said, then you wouldn't be doing that. And I said, you can tell me that you are anything that you want to tell me. I said, but your authority doesn't come from there. I said, your authority comes from, if you are indeed speaking truth, your authority will come from one place. My authority comes from here, and we, and I pointed that. And then he closed down real quick. He was quiet. And then got back, and then he started wrapping up again. And then there were individuals that were actually near him, were asking him to leave them alone. So I just pulled over to the next uh, available safe place to go, and I told him that he had to leave. And he goes, well, you can't do that. I said, oh, yes, yes, I can, and I am. I said, people are wanting you to leave them alone, and you won't. And then he's, he's through the whole time processing this. Then he pulls out this certificate, the Certificate of Ordination. And it has in great big bold letters and everything on there and then a the little signature on the bottom. And he wants to show this and he's trying to put it in my face. I said, excuse me, I can, you can show me anything that you want on paper from mammon and men. I said, but that doesn't give you authority to be the way you are. I said, you need to leave. Do so now. Do so because I'm asking you or we can go a different routing. I said, but you need to leave. You need to leave now. And then kept turning around and declaring his being a pastor and this and that and the other thing. Didn't work very well because, again, the Holy Spirit was with me and taking care of him. And I probably, I was probably too verbal with the fellow. I could have cut it probably a lot shorter and, you know, but the, but the Holy Spirit allowed that because I think that he was knowing that I had important things to say. So he allowed it. But we have to lean in and we have the Holy Spirit will be there to guide us through all these things. And I love the collaborative effort that, that's giving in this, um, <laughs> as I was sharing this Sunday, and, and uh, wow, I, I love the fact that we shared, <laughs> when I told him what the Holy Spirit had told me, we, we shared a laugh together and actually abiding. And, and that when the Holy Spirit told me to abide, and he kind of laughed. He said, that's what this is going to be about because he was speaking from uh, the book of John, which is very cool. Because uh, in John, he talks about these things. <coughs> Pardon me. So when we share that, and, and to abide. Abiding doesn't mean just to... Um, some people think that it just means to hang out, to stay. But there's more to the word abiding or abidance. 
it does not it does not only mean to remain or to stay or to have an abode. I abide there because that's where my abode, my home is, it's where my house is. But to dwelling, to reside as in the house of the Lord. That's God's abode, our house, to go to worship, to stay, to to stay with the Lord, to listen to the Lord, to be with. It isn't just to stay there, you know, one sitting on one side of the room, the other sitting on the other side of the room and just being there. That's It means much more than that. To abide with, to be with someone. Um, so you stay, you to abide as in the house of the Lord, residing in the house of the Lord. Each Sunday we go to visit that place, but we are abiding with God. We're abiding with one another. We're staying with one another. We're interacting with one another. But more importantly too, it means to continue in a particular condition, particular attitude, and a relationship. So this is important. Okay, brothers and sisters, this is important to share with you because that's the desire from our Lord God Almighty. The Lord God Almighty, he wants to have a relationship with us. He wants to have a relationship with us. He wants us to want to have that relationship with him. This is why he gave us a free will choice. Yes, he could make us do anything he wants us to. But because God is love, because he is a good father, because he cares for us so deeply, he gave his only begotten son, then whosoever, that doesn't mean black, white, rich, or poor, or a particular caste, doesn't mean any of that. Remember, I've shared this with you too, that God is not a respecter of any man. And don't get your knickers in a twist about this because the old world talks about man, but they're talking about everyone. Mammon, okay? And I use the term mammalial, which is speaking of mankind, which includes men and women, okay? It's not gender specific, so don't get all as so many people do. If you seek offense, you will certainly find offense. Listen to the truth, listen to the word, and listen to God's knowledge and his wisdom, okay? So that's what we're talking about. He respects no man or woman. It doesn't matter what you have, what you don't have, what you look like, what you smell like. He didn't care. What he cares about is the character of the heart. If you bring the character of the heart of wanting to change, wanting to understand that Jesus Christ sacrificed himself for you, if you want to have faith in God, you want to listen to the Holy Spirit to guide your steps, it will take place. That's what God cares about. Remember, the tonation of the skin and what you appear is his decision. What is inside your heart and what you carry with you, that's your decision. Decide rightly. And of course, I'm going to make a 
analogy that some will get and some will not. Choose wisely, grasshopper. Okay. Folks of my age will remember that comes from a program. Anyway, we won't get into that. But anyway, just choose wisely. Just choose wisely. (coughs) Pardon me. And walking in faith. Jesus shared a a number of things, and we're going to go into the book of John. (coughs) Oh, pardon me. I am sorry. But Christ shared some things with his disciples and pointed out them some things. And when you um, when you see that uh, Jesus was actually talking to Nathaniel, Philip had brought Nathaniel to to um, to share and wanted Nathaniel to come. And. Um, you know, was was convincing Nathaniel because they had talked about Jesus Christ, the Messiah, before, and as many had, actually, because they'd been praying for the Messiah. Many for decades, since they were small children, they remember the prayers. And you have to remember that, um, sadly, and I think, and adversely, that when Jesus showed up, he didn't show up as they expected him to show up. What does that mean? That means when they were talking about the Messiah, and that he would have the the uh, government would be on his shoulders, and that he would come in authority, and so forth and so on. They were expecting him to come in as a conquering king. They were expecting him to ret- like he's going to come back when he comes back as a lion of the tribe of Judah. When he returns, the Son of Man comes again as he's promised he will do. That is how they expected Jesus to come the first time. Not as a sacrificial lamb, which when uh, John, the baptizer, first saw him, he declared him as the Lamb of God, whose sandals I am not worthy to latch. Greater than I. And all through his time when he was baptizing by water and he was declaring that, there will come one who is greater than I, for I am baptizing by water and he will baptize and he preached to them, he told them, he talked about Jesus. But because he came humbly and not as he would be. And this is where I think that Nathaniel had an issue, uh, didn't quite understand. But anyway, Philip brought Nathaniel to Jesus. And when he was sitting underneath, because there was an incident that took place, and Nathaniel was an architect and a drawer and, and all this and some things, and there was an incident. And Nathaniel was... Um, you know, he was downtrodden and he was um, really sad and, and um, he was sitting out by himself after this incident happened. And, uh, you know, of course, Nathaniel had this issue too that he would always speak the truth and what he saw and what he perceived and believed and he would speak it. But he spoke the truth. So the incident happened to come up him and, and uh, when Philip brought Nathaniel... Jesus just told him, he goes, ah, behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile. And of course, Nathaniel was questioning that because that immediately popped in his head. He goes, how do you know me? Before Philip came to you, I saw you under the fig tree. And then, of course, Nathaniel said, told him in uh, John 
one forty nine. Nathaniel answered and said unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. And then of course Jesus responded said and Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said I saw thee underneath the fig tree, believest thou? Thou shalt see greater things than these. Verily, verily, I say unto you, hereafter ye shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. So, adversely and kind of sadly, actually, uh, some of the disciples, when it, came, when it came to that point when Jesus was getting ready to leave, and I've shared this with you before, when he was getting ready to go and said he, that he would send a comforter and um, that some doubted and some turned away and left. Um, that was the first act of apostasy that was taking place. They, they just walked away. Why was that? Because Jesus was getting ready to leave. He wasn't going to be there in physicality anymore. And they started doubting. Oh, this guy's going to leave now. Oh, great. Now what are we going to do? Let's go find another Messiah. And they left. Nathaniel, his thing was also in physicality, and because Jesus shared that he was able to see him, nobody saw him. Nathaniel went out all by himself, was sitting underneath the fig tree. He was very despondent. He was very downtrodden. He was very sad, and he was by himself. But because Jesus Christ declared to him that he was able to see him when he was there, then Nathaniel, oh, you must be the Son of God. You are the Messiah. You are, uh, you are, you are, you are. Well, understand this, brothers and sisters, you have to have faith. And faith is not in sight or physicality. Faith is what you cannot see, what you cannot touch, the ability to be able to do that and listen to the Holy Spirit. Nathaniel was going to be taught. <laughs> Jesus was going to show him some greater things and just wanted him to, to know that thing, that there were going to be things that were greater. And it wasn't just... He wanted him also to twist his thought process around the fact that, why, because I told you that I could do those things? He goes, you're going to see me do some things. You're going to be involved in some things. They're going to be a whole lot greater than this, but be aware. And invited him to come along. So we're going to jump over to John 15. And this is where I really got excited about uh, some things. When, when Jesus Christ speaks and he talks about being the vine. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him. Ah, there's that word. Abideth in me and I in him. The same bringeth forth much fruit for without me ye can do nothing. There's that word abiding. To continue in a particular condition, a particular attitude, and a relationship. But here's some things that the pastor and I were talking about. Uh, Jamie and I were discussing this briefly. I didn't want to hog his time because, you know, when he finishes up, he's got people to speak to and go and take care of business. But here's the thing. We were talking about, if you've noticed in the Word of God, if you're in the Word of God and you... And you see these things that when Jesus talks about things and when they're talking about um, certain attributes and that we have to be like a tree, that um, <clears throat> we're talking about these things. And there are particular trees that Jesus talks about. If you read the word, you will see that they are particular. It just, it, you know, he just doesn't talk about any old willy-nilly tree. 
He mentions trees. He mentions them by name. He mentions the palm. He mentions the olive. He mentions the cedars of Lebanon. There are particular trees that he talks about. So let's go back and let's go visit the first one. And he also talks about the river and planted by the waters, planted by the waters. That's important too. So a palm, first thing, a palm is not actually a true tree. Actually, a palm is related more to a grass. If you've ever cut a palm or worked around a palm or all that, I, I used to work at the county park, so I was around arborists and things a lot and, and they taught me things. So anyway, it's woven and it's wrapped. And if you've noticed anything in particular about palms or seen news or something, palms will rarely will palms break. Palms will bend nearly to the ground in a high wind. And unless the, the storm is so huge and so powerful, right off of the, the I think it's a Fujika scale, which is how they rate storm power and all that, that the palm will actually bend and will not break. That's because of the way that it grows. And here's the other thing, the taproot or what they have the... Um, where it draws nourishment and all these things, it goes very deep, very deep. This is why you can see palms that are growing in places where you would think that they would not grow. Things that we don't see above the ground are beneath the ground. There is what they call the groundwater, and that has nothing to do with a pond or a lake, and uh, minimalistically it does, but Groundwater is that that you do not see. It is underground. And there are places where these, it's as if it's a, a lake under the ground. You can't see it. The groundwater. So palms are able to uh, send these tap roots or their main roots way down in the ground. Also, their root system spreads out very far and goes down into the ground as well. This is why you rarely will see a palm snap, break, or uproot and fly across in a storm. Rarely will they break or be uprooted. So what is that saying? Well, in the book of Psalms, David speaks about the palm that's planted by the water and it will never... It will always be green. So if you are indeed sending that taproot down deep into the river of living water, the fountain that is provided by the Lord, you will indeed be strong and you will not wither and you will not snap. Now we're going to go to the olive tree. Interesting thing about the olive tree, that there are olive trees that they have found that are from the time of the Bible, that are still alive. When they have cut into the wood, it's still green. And they have replanted some of these grafts. And the trees fruit. They fruited. They, <laughs> they fruited. Also, olives are medicinal. You can use the oil. You can use the fruit. It is a medicinal plant. It is a powerfully strong medicine, actually. 
can be used internally. It can be used externally on the skin. When you combine it with certain things, there's a very simple medicinal, comes from the biblical time where they blend honey and olive oil and salt. It's a topographic. Uh, I'm sorry, that was the wrong word. What are they, uh, can't think of the word now. But anyway, you, it's a topical. There you go. Topical. <laughs> a topical ointment that can be used on the skin. And then, <laughs> pardon me, he speaks about the cedars of Lebanon. Well, the interesting thing that the cedars of Lebanon were used to build the temple. They were used in the temple. Why? Because they are of, of the trees and the of the cedars, that those have the tightest grain. They grow the straightest and tallest. So when they go to cut the timbers and use them, it's, it's straight, strong, and lasts very very long time. Also, cedars are two. They are resistant to pestilence and pests. They too are a medicinal. So my perception of these particular trees that Jesus is, talks about to or alludes to in his teachings and the word, and throughout that you will see the reference to the cedars of Lebanon, the palms and the olives. I think there's a particular reason. I haven't found anything in the scripture yet to specifically say, okay, I'm using these because of this and this and this and this. Okay, However, the conjunctive and combined evidence that's being shown and by the scriptural sharing, <coughs> I believe it to be so. They are particular trees and they are in areas of the Bible that references the trees at a particular time. And they refer back to them. David talks about the cedars of Lebanon, the palms and the olives. And Jesus Christ talks about the vine. The vine does not provide fruit without being as a whole. And that he is the main of the vine and that we are attached to him and that we provide fruit through him because of him. Brothers and sisters, it is important. <laughs> and this comes back to the word abiding. Okay, remember, a particular relationship, a particular way that we act, abiding is just not hanging out in there. It is a particular way. And interweaving, as you will, kind of like the tree, the palm, it's interwoven, as I shared with you, if you uh, ever cut or been around and seen anyone cut a palm. It is interwoven all the way up the tree. Interwoven. And the roots, they grow down into the ground the same way. So when we abide in the Lord and we stay with him, we are part of him, the vine. We continue in a particular condition, our attitude and our relationship. 
That's what abiding is about. Not just hanging out. Not just going. A particular attitude, condition, and a relationship with the Lord, which is what he desires. Brothers and sisters, and for those that are not sure, (coughs) stay in the word, seek guidance, get somebody to pray with you, accept that the Lord Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God and came for you. He came for me, and he came to give me an opportunity. And whosoever else will listen and hear, he came for that purpose. Have a great day. Stay in the word. Seek his truth. Seek his knowledge. And as I've shared with you many times, try my spirit because it will tell you that I speak the truth. This is not about me. This is about my father's business. Have a great day. Be blessed, stay in the word, seek his truth.